Welcome back to Detroit Strange. We're happy you're joining us today. This yes. podcast. Yes, on this podcast that you are listening to with your ear holes right now. <laughs> All the things. Yes. That's yes. Jess over there. And that's Alex over there. And happy Wednesday to you if you're listening to this on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Happy Wednesday. Yeah. I don't think it's any special Wednesday, but it's just, you know, you don't need to be a special Wednesday to wish a happy Wednesday. No, yeah. Although the one we are recording on, to me, is a good Wednesday because I got my second dose. Yes. And I'm pretty happy about yeah. that. Yeah. Seems like you're doing okay so far. Yeah. It's only been a couple hours, but yeah. I was going to say, it's only been a few hours and I'm exhausted today, so I'm not going to know the difference anyway. Hopefully. Yeah. I get mine next week, my second dose. Yay. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah, I'm very excited. We still have to be very careful, though. Uh, things are not great. I hope everybody is being safe. Yeah, I, I'm the person at work who keeps reminding people when they complain. I'm like, well, hospitals are more full now than they were in the fall. So. Yes, my nurse friend has been updating me. And it's not great. No. And like. And the schools are are wilding. Yeah. Her son got sent home for two weeks because somebody on his bus tested positive. Tested positive, yeah. And I mean, yeah. we've all had enough talk of it, but at the same time, we're still in it. So, right. <laughs> let's um, let's just be smart. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But yeah, but the vaccines are good. That's the the silver lining. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's new with you besides um, the vaccine in your arm? I mean, I think that's probably about it. Uh, I got a whole lot of nothing for the most part. Uh, when, Yeah, a whole lot of nothing. I have a lot of fruits and vegetables right now. That's pretty exciting. Ooh, I've been a lot of fiber. Eating the Lizzo cereal as a snack sometimes. And I'm excited because I have pomegranate seeds right now. There's Lizzo cereal? Well, she did a TikTok and she likes to put like a bunch of fruits like berries and like pomegranate seeds and stuff like that into a bowl and then put uh-huh. coconut water on it. Oh, you know, I've seen her do that. Yeah. Yeah. It, she, I think she calls it cereal. I, I call it yummy snack. Okay. That does sound really good. Mm-hmm. The pomegranate seeds are like the topper they because the they crunch. add a little crunch. Oh, yeah. And the tartness. You get some like sweet berries and then some tart pomegranate seeds. Ooh. That does sound delicious. I might have to get in that gig mm-hmm. and try that. Yeah, but that's where my life is at right now. Um, yeah. Fun. <laughs> What's new with you? Uh, I did some cricketing yesterday. Made some stuff like the sweat. Oh, wrong side. Cameras. Oh, mm-hmm. now the mic's blocking it. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's a sailor, sailor something, I think. Yeah, it's a sailor moon transformation brooch. It's just a because sailor. It's a sailor. Uh, it went very nautical. It was those no, I, Easter eggs. Yes. No, so like I decided, I was like, I made this sweatshirt. I made another like purple sweatshirt that I kind of cut up, mm-hmm. like cropped it, cut the sleeves, whatever. Yeah. Uh, then I put like some decals for like one of my favorite bands, the Scissor Sisters on. Also made some sweatpants and some koozies. So you're just all set. The cricket is too much power. I can see that. Yeah. 
I can put anything on anything now, it seems <laughs> like. And that's not, that's too much power for me because I'm just going to make stupid shit. I mean, that's okay. The world needs stupid shit sometimes. Stupid shit makes the world go round. Yeah. And like, luckily, it's not my cricket or heat press. It's fun of the show, Jen. So she's the gatekeeper. Well, there so. you go. Oh, yeah. So you've got a, a controller. Yeah. But like, uh, last week, I was like showing some koozies to a friend over Snapchat, and he was like, Oh my God, Link, where did you buy those? And I'm like, I made them. <laughs> and then, um, at the end of the conversation, he's like, Do you want, cause he's like, Will you make me some? And I'm like, Sure. And he's like, What's your Etsy link? And I'm like, Bitch, I don't have an Etsy. I just made these. It's my Snapchat. You're literally using it right now. It's called right, talking. But then to I got me. thinking, I'm like, Maybe I should start an Etsy. Like, I don't. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. And I mean, there's different levels to it for sure. Um, yeah. I had one a while ago. It's like my latest, like, maybe I should do that idea, which usually never happen. Oh, yeah. I always think about doing uh, like journals. Like, oh, yeah. Because I have a bunch of drawings and things that would like look fine on a journal cover. Uh-huh. And I'm like, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> and yeah. also TikTok. Um <laughs> Is persuasive sometimes. Oh yeah, TikTok. I mean, do you remember that trend of where it was going around? Like, where pe- it was like, you need to shave your head. Just do it. Just do it. You want to be growing up and like, be like one of those people who's like, I could have shaved my head, but I didn't. Like, do you remember that trend? I missed that one. It was just like girls shaving their heads. Oh. I mean, pop off says that that's your thing, but also the the sound was very aggressive. Like, you should shave your head. You should just do it. If you've been thinking about it, just do it. And there was just like this trend of like girls shaving their heads. And I'm like, all right. I mean, whatever makes people happy. And I understand like a freedom association with that. Like feeling right. kind of like, oh, a weight is lifted. Yeah. I couldn't do it because I'm pretty sure I would look terrible. Oh, um, same. I can't even do like short haircuts. My head is too lumpy and too moly for that bullshit. Yeah, no, I'm my my hair. This is the shortest my hair should ever be right now. So. Have you ever worn it shorter? Like, have you ever had like a pixie cut? No, I could not no. carry it. Uh, I think it looks so cute on so many people. And it's yeah. been, you know, I've always admired it and been like, oh, yeah. but I just, I know I do not have the face shape. I do not have the body. That is two strikes uh, right there. And I'm not finding any silver linings in me personally doing it. Yeah. Plus your hair is kind of curly too. I think that complicates the pixie cut. See, third strike. Third strike, it's out. Yeah, there third we go. strike, it is out. I got a haircut yesterday. I'm pretty happy about oh, it. Oh, nice. Oh, Fresh yeah. fade. I, fly. Yeah. You look fly. I don't know why I'm trying to call things fly, but I think I've done that several times this week. Pop off. Yeah. Oh, I did do one thing besides just existing. And I finally watched uh, A Promising Young Woman. What'd you think? It was so good and very, it's a lot. It's very intense. Yeah. Uh, it hits some things pretty hard on. Uh, definitely like some triggering, you know, situations yeah. and whatnot. But really well done movie. I even painted my nail. She has like multicolored nails throughout the movie. The next day uh. I painted my nails like that. It's all chipped off now, but oh, uh, it might be my summer nail do just because I. it was a well done movie. I 
currently have one fingernail painted and it's underneath a band-aid because I cut my finger and I'm afraid to put nail polish remover on it and get it in the cut and die. Oh yeah, I wouldn't do Not that. Not like die, but it would hurt. But also like it's covered so, anyway, so who cares? Right. I like thought it was funny because like Jen, whenever one of her nails pops off, she just puts a band-aid on that finger until she can get it put back on. And so I'm like, I'm doing the exact opposite. I'm covering the one that's actually done. I um, love that. That's yeah. a good idea. Are you brand loyal to any kind of nail polish? Is there like the one you always get? They're all crap. They're all crap. Some are better crap than other ones. I've definitely yeah. noticed that. I have yet to find a quote unquote good nail polish. I definitely have ones that I like more. I yeah. could not even tell. I know what they look like in the little thing, but I, they're none. None of them are like the major brands that I know off the top of my head. They're like random sample packs yeah. and things like that. Uh, I do really like the sticker ones. Oh, well, they just like stick it on mm-hmm, because they do last longer. Really? Yeah. I can get a good week and like maybe a day, you know, a couple days out of them, which that does not happen with nail polish for me. Yeah. I've been just been using the Sally Hansen quick dry. Mm hmm. Because I have no patience, so it's the only hope I have at sitting still long enough. Mm -hmm. But I like it. Yeah. Again, there's no perfect one, and if somebody has the recommendations, please let me know, because... I hear good things about, like, shellac and buying, like, a light, and I'm like, that sounds like too much. Yeah. Are you sipping on anything today? Just water. I, like, got these new hard seltzers, which, um... I did ship today and I actually had Jason R as my shopper again and I actually oh, yeah. had to see him this time. Uh, and so, cause I was like last time I was like, I'm pretty sure that was him, but like he just dropped the groceries and ran, but this time I had liquor. So like I like showed my ID and he was like, Oh, you're from planet. I'm like, yeah, I thought I recognized <laughs> you. So we had a nice moment through my glass door. Lovely. So, I love, he's yeah, great. He is. Love him and his cats. Oh, I haven't yeah. seen his cats. That's beautiful. Oh, I am still looking for cats. I'm like on the cat. You should talk right to now. him because he seems to collect them. I think he just they come to him. So he's the cat whisperer. Yeah. You should just be like, you get another one. Uh, Preferably a male that's not a kitten. That's what yeah. I'm looking for. Yeah. Those are my only specifications. Fair. Why a male? Um, I don't know, because, like, TJ's cat's a male, and he's, like, okay. the chillest cat I've ever seen. And so maybe, like, female cats are, but I just feel like... It's not a gender thing with cats. Not a gender it's just thing. a cat-specific thing. Okay. Sometimes it has a little bit to do with the breed, depending on, like, the breed, but most of them are so... Yeah. Just, like, house cat. It's really dependent on th- that cat and its own personality. Okay. Yeah. Because Jesse is just the chillest cat. You 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 get some chill ones. You get some spastic. I've had uh, a variety in throughout my life, and I've had the most scared, chillest cat. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't want a scaredy cat. I want a cat that's gonna come and like chill mm-hmm. and like hang out with me and my friends. I had one that was uh, kind of a. Uh, a dick who loved to manscape all the time. Uh, he was just constantly oh, grooming. He did not like the younger cat uh, <laughs> whatsoever. And I, um, and then I, I did with a roommate at one point, we found a cat and she was spastic. 
duck oh. through the garbage, had to duct tape the garbage liner into the garbage can because she would get her little paw and knock the garbage can over by getting her nail in the garbage liner on the outside of the can. What a little shit. Yeah. Also love to sleep in plants, all plants. What a strange cat. Mm -hmm. It was very fortuitous as her name was uh, Pixie and it suited her well. And little did we know. You soon found out how fitting Mm -hmm. the name was. But adored all three of them. Even though they were very different from one another. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think I just need to go start looking because like Pet Finder has been a real bust lately. Yeah, I'd say too. like, honestly, start looking around like, I don't know, like community groups and stuff like that. Because like if somebody has like yeah. a cat that has kittens or something, I mean, like, I know you want an older one, but they might still have an older one, too. Yeah, and that's the thing is I like hate checking Facebook and I know that I should because there's so many cat groups on Facebook. Mm-hmm. maybe i'll try i don't know yeah i mean i'm not i only check facebook for the like necessary communication because yeah same some... um yeah oh anyway i got new seltzers oh, oh sorry yeah. i saw your seltzer and i was like that's where the story oh, this started is not a seltzer oh this okay yeah this is a from trader joe's you know my disneyland um Simpler wines, canned wine, and this one is peach. Is it sparkling wine or is it just wine? It's a little, it's a little sparkly. Yeah. And they have a couple other ones. There's like a rosé and I think like a Chardonnay. There might be like a mango or something. I don't know. I might be making that last one up, but the peach one, gotten it multiple times. It is a treat. Nice. And it seemed appropriate because I didn't really want to do much today, but then I was like, ooh, that is easy. And it's pretty. It is. I got like a 12 pack of, they're called like Wild Basin seltzers. Okay. I had never heard of them before. No, me either. I, was, I like to try the, I like to try new ones every once in a while. Oh, um, I love trying new ones. If I could try them all, I would. Yeah. But there's so many. We, I think we talked about this last week, actually, but there's yeah, just so many. There are. Uh, but this one looked like it had good flavors, but I forgot to put any in the fridge. So that's why I'm not drinking one now. Oh, that's okay. That's and I was fine. like, warm seltzer, I couldn't possibly. Yeah. I mean, you could. I couldn't possibly. <laughs> I've definitely done it. <laughs> I'm disgusting, though. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I've definitely done it before, and that's why I'm like, I couldn't possibly do it yeah, again. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So I have a story for you. <gasps> oh, excellent. Have you heard of Electric Park? The name is familiar, but I have no idea as to why. Electric word life, because it means forever. No, that's part. That's Prince. That's Prince. Oh, I was like, that also sounds familiar, but I cannot place it. <laughs> but now I can. There's something more. Now yeah, I can hear like, it. Brrr. Yeah, with that's that. the opening to Let's Go Crazy. Yeah. And I, I could hear the, uh, is it an organ in the background? What's yeah. the sound in the background? Yeah. I'm going to use that intro, at least the first couple lines for officiating my friend's wedding. I love Just that. to like. Yeah, just to fake everyone out because everyone mm-hmm. will look around like this sounds familiar, and they'll be like, "Just kidding, that was Prince." Let's get to the ceremony. I love it when people put song lyrics to like a different cadence like that, where it's oh, I used to love just walking up to my friend Kathleen and just like talking the lyrics that I was listening to at her, and just seeing her be like, <laughs> "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "Sorry, I'm just listening to Pancake. Let's go, gotta go by." Because <laughs> it was always like in passing. She'd be like, "Oh, hey," and I'd be like, 
have some composure. Where is your posture? Oh, no, no. And then just keep walking. <laughs> and then eventually I just text her and be like, just saying you panic at you got to go. But yeah. Anyway, Electric Park. Yes. Tell me about it. It was an amusement park, actually. Oh, Located wow. in the city of Detroit. Interesting. Like right, yeah, like right at the entrance of the Belle Isle Bridge on the west side of the approach to the Belle Isle Bridge. Okay, so I totally lied. I've definitely never heard of this. Yeah. No, then there's reason for it that you haven't heard of it, but like, we'll get to that soon. It was kind of the first of like, not a small number of amusement parks in the city. Like, it wasn't the only one. And we'll get, again, we'll get to those later, but um, I want to focus on Electric Park first because it's the one that started them all. Okay. So it opened on May 24th in 1905, and the Free Press said that it was the greatest display of electricity since the 1901 Pan American Exposition, and that it would, quote, make Chicago's White City and Luna Park at Coney Island retire from the front of the stage. I feel like those are fighting words. Them's fighting words for sure. So it was opened by a man named Arthur C. Gulker. Gawk, no, sorry. Arthur C. Gockler. Literally one article spelled it wrong. And I now I'm just guessing it every time. I'm like, no, it's Gockler. Gockler. Doesn't roll off the tongue necessarily, it seems like. No. Gockler. Gockler. Gockler was, I'm just going to call him Arthur. We're going to call him Arthur Arthur for the rest of this. Arthur G. So he was a well-known insurance man at the time, kind of from a wealthy family. But um, he thought that what Detroit needed was a first-class amusement park. And he went across the U.S. and Europe studying other parks before making his design. I mean, do your research. That is a, a good idea. Yes. Right. But imagine just being like, I want to open an amusement park. Let me go travel the world going to be amused. Like, mm-hmm. what a cush. What a cush research gig. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I am wondering about the funding for his research and where that came from. He but... came for money. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the Detroit News reported that the grand opening would have uh, the great chick as a performer. Okay. And... He was a, quote, tramp cyclist and comedian. Chick is well known as the funniest man on wheels. Yeah, sure. Yep. Just, you know, you gotta love a comedian who has a gimmick. And apparently his was being a tramp cyclist. Does that mean he was like a, like a, like when they say, like, comedian, like, was he like a clown? I don't think he was probably doing, probably. Okay. Like, especially since, like, they called him a tramp. Yeah, that's what was kind of giving me clown vibes, too. Yeah, it just it looks this is the first image that came up like. Oh, oh, like a unicycling clown. Yeah, kind of. So that's who uh, played the grand opening. He was the main he's an attraction of the main opening Mm -hmm. or grand opening. And originally it was a trolley park at the end of the Myrtle Fort East and Crosstown streetcar lines. Okay. You're probably like me and going, what the hell is a trolley park? Is it where the streetcars meet up and go on swings? I wish. It's basically just like they had like parks at the end of streetcar lines or okay. along like the track with like picnic areas. 
And they were kind of the precursor to amusement parks and like would often go on to add things like pools, carousels, Ferris wheels. But they mm-hmm. kind of just started off as like, oh, under the line, have a picnic or whatever. Yeah. One of the most famous that's still in existence is Coney Island in New York. So that started off as a trolley park. Okay. The entrance of the park, uh, there was a large windmill and across the street was a boardwalk with a sign that said the boardwalk just for fun. Yep. Okay. Um, I wonder what other people were trying to do there. Yeah. It is just for fun. Don't do your taxes. Don't read a book unless it's a fun book like mm-hmm. Dr. Seuss or no, they didn't have Dr. Seuss back then. I don't know. They old books. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Jane Austen. Um, is that fun? I don't know. I've never read Jane Austen. Yeah. Well, it matters. I mean, yeah, I'd say most of hers are fun. I mean, there's definitely some like sadness in some of them, but yeah. But the boardwalk was just for fun. Okay. Rules. They had quite like they had a pretty sizable amount of like rides and attractions throughout the years. So like I'm about to go through just like a list. Like some of them weren't there at the same time, but just kind of like throughout the course of its life. These were the rides they had. Mm hmm. So for roller coasters, they had the Derby Racer, which was a two mile long roller coaster. That's long. Right? They had one that I don't even know if it had a name, but it just had a sign on it that said Trip Through the Clouds, Detroit's Greatest Ride. Sounds lovely. Uh, Big Dipper, The Bobs, and Daredevil. So those were like the five roller coasters. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a Ferris wheel because, of yeah. course. Uh, they had a shoot the shoot ride, like S H O O T the C H U T E. Oh, oh, is it like one of those ones where you fill the balloon and like the horses race? I wonder. No, it was um like have you ever been to you've been to Cedar Point, right? It's been a while. Do you remember Snake River Falls? That one where you go up in that like log ride and like you go up oh, and you yeah. go around mm-hmm. and you just basically yeah. gravity takes you down back into the water. Yeah. Basically, they had one of those. Okay. Okay. I always liked Whitewater Rapids more. Fair. That one was more fun. I think that get, one's gone too. Get the mini water. Oh, really? That one's gone. I think Snake River Falls is still there, but I think they took out that one to build either the Maverick or one of the newer ones. I remember they, they took it out no, to I'm build sad. something. Yeah. It's hit or miss on if you want to go on the water rides at Cedar Point because they always sound fun, but then like you're walking around like squishing the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you Unless do it at the like end of the day, day, or you go at that's, the end, but then you're wet getting your car. Unless you change, go in somebody else's car. That's the plan. Yeah, but so they had a shoot the shoot ride, as they call them. Okay, and apparently it was kind of like the ride the rest of the park was arranged around. So that was kind of like one of the big ones for some reason. Okay, this next one's just bizarre. They had an interactive simulation of the John the Johnstown flood. So the Johnstown flood was a really bad flood that happened in in the Pennsylvania town of Johnstown. Okay. And uh, basically what happened is a dam upstream of the city broke after heavy rainfall and released 14.55 million cubic meters of water, which is about the equivalent. Yeah. like the volume flow was equivalent to that of like the Mississippi River. So basically the Mississippi River just like attacked this town. 
Oh no. It killed 2,208 or 2,209 people. It literally said that under casualties, it was like, two, it was like 2,208 or 2,209. So about 200 or 2,200 people. It's weird that it's not a range and just a d- an or in discrepancy of one. Yeah. Was there half a person? I don't understand. Right. With that. Like, did they count someone twice? Or did they think that, like, maybe somebody went missing, but maybe they were there? I don't know. Yeah. Is there a mystery afoot? There is a mystery afoot. Uh, It also caused $17 million worth of damage, which today would be about $484 million. Well, wow. Okay. Yeah. And damages. Hmm. But wow. Electric Park was like, let's just make it a little simulation. That's fun. And it was like really popular, apparently. So like, would people just stand there and then like water would pummel them? Like, how do you simulate that? I don't know. It like one article called it an interactive simulation. And one article called it like a scale. Like recreation. So I'm wondering if it was just like. a Like scale model of town just continuously being washed away by water. Oh, oh God. Right? Like, that's, that's so dark. morbid. That's so yeah. dark. And the fact that it was like, like, one article said it was one of their most popular attractions. Well, I, I'm going to try to justify it because I try to do that sometimes, even if I don't like things. Yeah. Morbid curiosity. Well, and because they didn't, like, the news was like mostly drawings. Yeah. And so I'm sure. If it was like more of a simulation. Just to like be able to wrap their mind around it. Yeah. Where it was like, here's what actually happened. Like it was probably like kind of weirdly interesting to see something they'd heard about. Like. Yeah. Because I guess that would be a hard thing to visualize. Yeah. I don't know why you'd want to. But also. I don't know. I listen to, you know, true crime stories constantly all the time. And like that's not a happy. Right. Thing. So. Yeah, morbid curiosity. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but it was popular. Interesting. Yeah. I don't think it would make it today. No. I don't think it comp- could compete with like today's Whitewater prize. Rapids. Yeah. <laughs> Even though that's not. Neither exist anymore. Both water rides, though. It couldn't compete with Tower of Terror. I'll choose, there we go. I'll choose a, an existing ride. Is that at Disney? It's. Disneyland for sure. I think there's one in the Florida park too. It's my favorite ride. Okay. Cause you get to go. It's like one of those dropping rides, but the, the before part is cool. Cause it's like you're in an old spooky hotel that's haunted. And they tell you the story of like, I forget the story at this point, but like it's twilight zone. Okay. So it's like the, there's movies like in front of you, but they're kind of like a little IMAXy. Okay. So it feels like you're like looking down hallways and stuff like that. And like the story is, I don't know. It's like immersive. That's fun. Yeah. And then you drop a bunch of times and it's scary. Yeah. Cedar Point has one called like the demon. I don't know if they actually still have it, but that one always freaked me out. I'm like, no, thank you. I never went on the demon drop. I do remember it, but I was really, really scared of everything as a child. Fair. Same. One time I was tricked on to the Gemini when I was like eight because I was like, a very tall child. Uh-huh. I had gone on the junior in Gemini, which is four children. And yep. I believe my father 
said, it's just, it's just like the junior one. It was not like the junior one. He thought, he thought if I like just went on it, then I'd be like, oh, that was fun. And I got, like, I hate everything. I do not yeah. like that. I never want to do that again. No, thank you. And it took me until I was like a teenager to go back. Yeah, on. no, I like, I feel that's how I was with the corkscrew. Cause that one's rough. That one is very rough. Like some of the older ones and especially the wooden ones. The blue streak or mean streak. Is it mean streak? No, mean, mean streak. The blue streak was the original one. Yeah, the OG. Uh-huh. Fun fact, my mom went on that while she was pregnant with me. Explains a lot, huh? Uh, she didn't know <laughs> she was pregnant, so not her fault. Yeah, and also, like, it's not a very long ride. But still not great. Yeah. But... Yeah. Yeah. But the blue streak, I think they took the blue streak down because the. No, that one's still there, I think. It is. The, okay. main, the streak. main streak is definitely there. I th- They recently refurbished it, but okay. yeah. Because that was the newer of the wooden for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It was built in like the 60s or 70s, I think. The blue streak was. The main streak was later, I think. No, like the, the main, blue streak was built in like the 1800s. Oh, it was? Yeah. I weirdly know a lot about Cedar Point. I, I do don't know not. why. I do not. But anyway, this is not a Cedar Point podcast. No. Okay, so they also had a whip ride at this park. That does not sound fun. I like can't even really wrap my mind around it. Ba- like this is the description I found in Wikipedia because like some of this came up from Wikipedia. Spoiler alert. And uh it like said a whip ride and whip ride was clickable. So I clicked it and it like described the ride. And here's what it said. Quote, the ride consists of two circular wheel like turntable platforms on opposing sides of a rectangular base. Motors turn a cable that leads a number of two to three persons seater cars that are attached around a laminated wood track. The ride follows the track while the cable turns. When the car reaches one of the turntable platforms, the speed picks up, forcing the riders to one side of the car as the car whips around the corner. Whips with 8, 10, or 12 cars are available. Were available. So kind of like really intense teacups? I guess that's kind of what that picture looked like, but like, like there was a picture and I still was like, what the fuck is this? So whatever the hell a whip ride is, they had one. Uh, they also had aerial swings. Um, they okay. also had a ride called the Inferno and Men's Devil. M-E-N-Z. Men's. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. They were edgy. Uh, what? They were being edgy. Yes. Ooh, edgy mean, in the 1900s. You mean yes. Yes. Ooh, yes. As, in terms of attractions they had, they had live entertainment in the form of like acrobats and aerialists. And they also had like vaudeville acts, uh, circus acts and musical acts. Also, they had firefighting demonstrations and ostrich racing. Interesting. Where the hell do they get ostriches? I do not know, but they would race them, apparently. There was also a riverfront pier, not to be confused with the boardwalk that is just for fun. Different thing. I looked it up. They also had a coliseum, which I don't understand why. Mm -hmm. Uh, They also had picnic facilities. They had... A ballroom called Palace Gardens that was part of the park, but it burned Ooh. down in 1911. Oh. And was replaced with the 
Palais de Danse, which is French for Dance Palace or Palace of Dance. I love that. Right. And it was like a ballroom that was built over the edge of the Detroit River in 1912. Oh, oh, that's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. So it was like outdoor, partially outdoors or. I think just the, the building itself was like oh, okay. partially over the river. Okay, cool. Yeah. So at first the park was a huge success. Like people were loving it and going and it's looking promising. But then like once the novelty wore off, uh, things weren't going right. And also yeah. too, like another park kind of popped up across the way. <gasps> Rude. I had the name of it later on, but um, this would start eating into the profits of Electric Park. But uh, Arthur G., he was like, you know what? I could try to reduce the costs, but you know what? I'm going to double down and just keep adding things. I'm just going to keep <laughs> buying shit and putting it in the park, even though my profits are going down. And so it just kind of, yeah, it just dug him further and further into debt. Uh, in 1909, the park closed and the land was sold. Didn't quite say why it was, but I'm guessing probably like bills not being paid. So they sold the land. Okay. Half the park was bought by the Detroit Stoveworks callback. Remember oh, I, I, yeah. During that episode, they were, I remember saying something like they were by the Belle Isle of Bridge. Um, so they were there at the time and they bought half the park and demolished it in 1911. Okay. But they left half of it? Yeah, they left half of it. Oh, interesting. Because they only bought half. They bought half the park. Oh, oh, oh. You said that yeah. and my brain didn't register it correctly. Okay. Oh, for sure. Also in 1911, a fire happened that took out the original ballroom and a few other oh. attractions. Sad. So Arthur G, he was like, things aren't going well but I'm determined to get my park back. And so to do so, he sold his family's property, Gockler's Point on Lake St. <laughs> Clair uh -huh. to Henry Ford. Oh, so that okay. should speak to like, obviously this family had money if they're selling mm -hmm. shit to Henry Ford. I wonder if that's where the Edsel Ford house. I was just about to say okay. that. I was looking at Google Maps to see if I could see if there was something called Gockler's Point. Mm -hmm. But then I saw the Ford house on the coast by Gross Point Shores. And I'm like, I bet you that's the land yeah. that they, he sold. So it was nice land, apparently. Yeah. But with that money, uh, Gockler was able to get back the half of the park that still existed. Okay. Good for him. Yeah. And he lived fiscally responsibly and for a long time. <laughs> it sounds uh, like he needed like a business 101 um, yeah. crash course because uh, maybe he wouldn't have had to necessarily do that. Yeah. No. So he... Obviously, I was being facetious when I said he lived fiscally responsibly and for a long time, but... Oh, I... Nope. Yep, Sorry. I was... You're good. I meant to say psych, but I it waited too long. So, he, what actually happened was, that's when he started to build that two-mile-long roller coaster, and unfortunately, he died before it was completed in 1912. Oh, no. Yeah. But, like, I found his obituary... Uh, like from back in the day from the Detroit free bus and it must have been written by a cannibal because they were roasting this man roasting him oh no like this poor like 
girl, I got quotes. Oh no. So, oh. Uh, but it did offer some insight. So poor author Arthur G. Yeah. So they listed his cause of death as complete physical breakdown. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it also mentioned that he was born to a wealthy family. Like again, kind of makes mm-hmm. sense that he had an estate that he sold to the Fords. Mm-hmm. Direct quote from the obituary: "Quote, although a cripple, he was always immaculately dressed." That's rude. That's so rude. Um, right? Then, like, how are those related? Don't even bother. I mean, if you're going to just say, like, don't even bother trying to throw a nice thing yeah, in. Yeah, you don't like, need that, although. I, like, but then they went I, on to say, because of his genial nature, he was much sought after, and his bright wit made many an assemblage merry. I had to, like, translate that as you were saying that. Um, right. I'm glad the many an assemblage were made merry by him. Right. So... Then they just got straight to the fucking point oh, with the no. next section that was just titled Mistake of His Life. Oh. Like, it just talked about how he opened the park and at first was successful, but then people kind of got over the novelty of it and the decline started. Investors pulled out, but he was determined to make the park work and be profitable. Uh-huh. Another direct quote. Every season, the park was renovated and every year it was a failure. Oh, Oh, Arthur. Right? Oh, poor sweet Arthur, who for some reason was very attached to this amusement park. Right. And then just getting roasted in his obituary. (laughs) So rude. Yeah. Let's, can we, can we not? uh, Right. He was just trying to build an amusement park for the city. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, so in the meantime, the park was closed. Well, because it got caught up in litigation, figuring out who owned the park. Okay. Mm -hmm. He was married eight years prior to his death, but it was disaster and apparently got not only a divorce from civil courts, but also a decree from the Vatican. Oh, wow. Because you can do that as a Catholic. Ask for like, hey, Pope, my marriage was so bad. Can you just, like, forget that it ever happened in the eyes of God? And he's like, yep. (laughs) Did it it say any, like, was there any specific reason for it? No, there didn't say a reason. It just kind of was, like, disaster. Okay. But after all the litigation, it was decided that um, the park would go to, oh, the Ark, because my... (laughs) Band-Aid covered finger. Although that's a P. I have no excuse for that one. Uh, <laughs> I've just been noticing little typos of where my Band-Aid missed a letter. Fair. Uh, but the park would go to a man named Carl Schmidt, who would immediately turn around and sell it to Detroit Stoveworks. Oh. I couldn't really find how it got from there to where it went next. So basically, like, the park and the new coaster opened. The coaster opened under the name Pikes Peak, but that was later changed to Derby Racer. So I'm not sure who opened the park back up, but the park was uh, combined with Riverview Park, which was oh. the one across the way. So it was on the other side of the approach to the Belle Isle Bridge. Okay. Uh, the Coliseum, the pier, and the boardwalk all burned down in 1922. Oh. In 1927, the city condemned much of the park as blight citing it was an eyesore. And in the end, the park was raised in 1928 and was made into a new park called the Gabriel Richard Park. 
which I think is still there today. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm glad they were, they, um, that it stayed a park. Yeah. I mean, a very different type of park. I'm oh, assuming, yeah. But, but still a park. Yeah. It's nice that there's still like, you know, chunks of land. <laughs> uh, even if they are landscaped. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I'm going to tell a real dumb joke as a segue into the next part. Okay. I'm here. I'm ready. Do you know what happens when the Pope dies? N- no. A new one pops up. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, the city was without an amusement park downtown. So, mm-hmm. of course, another one had to open up somewhere. Uh-huh. So, on July... Because the other one was doing so well. Right, right. They were like, you know what? Maybe just a different location. But, you know, on July 2nd, 1927, so before, like, that park was even closed, at Seven Mile and Berg near Grand River, mm-hmm. Edgewater Park opened with a few rides, including a roller coaster, petting farm, bandstand with the uh, dance band, and canoes in a lagoon for rental, and picnic grounds. Aww. Also, there was the quote, thrills, laughs, cool breezes, and fresh air. I like that one better yeah. than the boardwalk. Uh, ha- only happy here just what, for fun just for fun yeah and this one was opened by a man named Henry Wagner and a partner who we will get to later on uh, another park just remember that name another park called Eastwood Amusement Park opened at 8 Mile and Gratiot and okay. another two sprung up outside of the city uh, one in St. Clair Shores called Jefferson Park Beach Amusement park, and then also um, Wild Lake Amusement Park in Wild Lake. I know Wild Lake. Yeah, the amusement park, or just the city. Just the city. I'm I'm from basically Wild Lake, so I get really excited. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, well, now I get to hear about Wild Lake Amusement Park. Oh, good. Where was it? It didn't say. It just said Wild oh. Lake. Was it in the lake on top of the wall? I hope so. <laughs> So, going to kind of rewind a minute back to the opening of Electric Park, when Mm -hmm. a man by the name of Henry Wagner was an assistant sheriff by day and operator of the Dime Dance at the Pier Ballroom in Electric Park by night. Busy man. And he caught the uh, amusement park bug, if you will. Okay. So, that's what... Oh, I'm sorry. I misspoke. He founded the Eastwood Park with a partner and soon began scooping up the other parks in town. By the 60s, he and his family owned pretty much every park in town except for Boblo Island, Callback. Uh, and they actually uh, they did well in the amusement park business and were able to buy a big house on Boston Boulevard in the city. Oh, okay. Buy a big house on Boston Boulevard. That's a lot of bees. <laughs> it is a lot of bees. Somebody should write a song. Yeah. Someone more musically talented than mm-hmm. I. Some beautiful houses there, too. Yeah, oh yeah. So like Henry Wagner loved amusement parks and he kind of wanted to like share share the fun. So he would occasionally open the parks up for free for the city's impoverished youth, even providing oh. transportation. That's lovely. I think one article said like up to 10,000 children wow. attended. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And especially for free, like that was nice. Yeah. Good for him. Now we're getting into the I don't want to say fun part, but like Injuries. Yes. 
Woo. Again, morbid curiosity yeah. is striking again. But I mean, that's the fast. It, it right. is a fascination because things happen. It's rare, but also they happen. And when right. they do, it's, it is generally speaking a freak accident, but also it's the reason they're terrifying. Right. So at the Edgewater Park, they had a ride called the Roundup that would like it, people would be standing up in cages and the ride would spin and like centrifugal force would like push them against oh, the yeah. cage. They do those and at then the it fair. would lift off. Yeah, it would like lift off 45 degrees off the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but in 1963, uh, the sh- one of the shafts on the ride broke and it <gasps> slammed into the ground, injuring nine people. Oh, no. Yeah, uh, two men died on roller coasters, one in 1937 and another in 1950. No details other than the years. Oh. Uh, in 1951, the Penny Arcade burned down, or as I wrote, burned the fuck down. Eastwood Park made national news in 1936. Because what they did, they had built like a concession and also a maze called the Jungle. Mm-hmm. And it was like this like narrow maze lined with long dry grass that had electric oh, no. like elect, like animatronics that would pop out to spook you. Mm-hmm. Do you know uh, what everyone was doing in the 30s? Smoking? Yeah. You know it's not great with smoking. Long dry grass. Long dry grass. <laughs> so, of course it caught fire and mm-hmm. it Unfortunately, took out the lights above the maze, making it nearly impossible uh. to find your way out. So this maze is on fire. You're in the dark and like three people died. Oh, and no. And many more were burned. That yeah. is awful to think about. Right. And like it also said like you could see the smoke from so far because it just was burning. Oh, no. The employees kind of saved the day because they were running into the burning maze and pulling out the people who... We're down from the smoke. Mm-hmm. So it could have been worse, but also still three people died. Yeah. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. It, they did say that like the company had claimed that they had tested the long grass to make sure it was like inflammable or like wouldn't catch fire. And I'm like, um, it's long dry grass. It's going to catch fire. Uh-huh. How did you test this? Also, like it's going to change on a day to day basis. Right. Like it's an organic. Yeah. Material. It doesn't. Right. Stay the same. It changes. Like maybe it didn't burn when it was green, but the longer it's out there, it's going to get drier and drier. Yeah. Especially because like that was back when we had tobacco in the city. People were probably smoking cigars in the maze. Oh, they definitely were. And Bagley and Scotton were. Delighted. <laughs> yes. So starting in the 60s, the trend had like moved because like the trend, like why so many amusement parks happened was because it was kind of the thing at the time of like building amusement parks either in the city or close to the city. Like, uh-huh. you know, like I already referenced Coney Park or, or Coney Island and mm-hmm. Luna Park at Coney Island. Riverview or whatever it's called in Chicago. I think it's still there. Okay. Or some kind of some form of uh Whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I haven't been to Chicago say, for more than like an afternoon. I just, I know about their zoo. Yeah. I know they have Navy Pier, but I don't think that's the same thing. I don't know. I It's been a while. Yeah. This is not Chicago strange. Yes, it is not. But 
So like anyway, so the 60s, the trend had started to become let's build large parks on undeveloped land, not by the cities. I mean, that makes sense. You have a little bit more land to work with. And right. The land's probably cheaper, too. Yeah. Uh, So it made sense. But obviously, the smaller ones started to struggle. Yeah. uh, Because they couldn't compete a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. So the Wagners had closed Eastwood Park in 1949. Mm hmm. Uh, Henry Wagner died in 1952. Uh, in the late 50s, the rides at Jefferson Beach Amusement Park were sold off and it became a marina. So I think that might actually still oh, be there. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've seen it on a map. I don't know. I just... Yeah. So they kind of began hedging their bets on Edgewater Park. They bought an octopus ride and a German-themed funhouse. Which... Okay. Interesting choice. Lederhosen? Sausages? I guess. Right. I'm guessing it was probably like some Beer? kind of Bavarian nightmare. Pretzels? I love a good soft pretzel. Mm-hmm. I thought about making some soon, but I was like, they, they don't keep for more than a day or two, though, because they just get like soggy and weird. It's a, either you're out and you see a soft pretzel place or you are. It's it's a social. Yep. Yeah. They are so good, though. Yeah, I haven't had one. I haven't had a soft pretzel definitely in over a year. Was the last time at Candy Apple Cottage when I made it them? Might be. There might have been like a mall trip or something. No, I don't go to the mall. Why'd I say that? But <laughs> I'm always you at know, the mall. Jess, she's always at the mall. Do you have like a okay side journey real quick? Yeah. What's your go to if you're gonna buy a soft pretzel? What's your go to? Oh, here's the thing. I do like the different varieties because okay. I think they all satisfy something different. Like I do like like a um like the Annie's, like it's a little thinner or whatever mm-hmm. and more like twisty or whatever. Like a mall yeah. pretzel. Like I do like that. But I do just like just like a classic like soft pretzel. Like just the floofy oh, kind. Yeah. Um I I love getting it like in a big city. Oh from, yeah. like a, a cart or whatever. Or something, or a baseball game. Oh, I didn't know they had them at baseball games, but I don't go to baseball games ever. That's so. why you go to baseball games. You don't go for baseball. Oh, I I learned that pretty quick. You go for soft pretzels and people watching. See, for me growing up, um, very specific reference. at I think it's still there. At the Westland Mall, there was you know a pretzel her? booth called uh, the the Pretzel Peddler. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And whenever my mom would take me to the mall, we'd always go there and get pretzels. Oh, I think I've had that because that was a chain, too, I think. Possibly. I didn't. That's the only one I knew of. Uh, I also love a Sam's Club pretzel. I love like a Sam's never Club had or a Costco it, but Costco, pretzel. I've had the Costco one and I do like that. I've never been in a similar. Sam's Club. They're but, about the same yeah. thing. It's just Costco's are red. Sam's Club's are blue. Yeah. Just color. No connotation with those colors. Just yeah. literally the color. Yeah. What a twisting, delicious side journey we just had. Mm-hmm. Salty. Yes. Uh, so like I said, they bought the Octopus Ride, Wait. the German-themed fun house. Yes. I have one more pretzel question. Yes, yes, yes. Cheese or mustard? Or cinnamon Ooh. sugar? Almost never cinnamon sugar. Yeah, same. Almost like once in the blue moon, but always 
My go-to is cheese, but every once in a while I'll fuck with some mustard. Okay, okay, yeah. Especially I had this garlic mustard. Oh, mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. Same. The cheese, I want like a good cheese if it's going to be a cheese dip. And then I'm like, Ooh, yeah. oh yeah. But I do love just the simplicity of just a little mustard, a little salt. Let's see. I have low standards of cheese. I'll eat that acrylic cheese all day. Oh no, I'll eat it. Don't, do not get me wrong. I will yeah. eat that. Uh, but at the same time, if that's the situation... Especially if you have to pay extra for it, then I'm like, I'll have mustard because I like the mustard. Yeah. See, I didn't like mustard growing up, but I kind of grew on me. I feel like Love now mustard. I would get some mustard. Yeah, I really like mustard now. Yeah, I'm not a ketchup person. I'm a mustard person. Oh, I love ketchup. I'm just a, I'm a condiment hoe. I love I condiments. Love most of them. And I don't dislike ketchup, but I can definitely live without ketchup and rarely put it on things. Can't relate. Um... So on top of those two rides, they also bought a 110-foot Ferris wheel from a Canadian National Exposition. Uh, This kind of became the main attraction for Edgewater, especially when it lit up at night with neon neon lights. Okay. Beautiful. So they were doing what they could to compete in like this changing market space, but um, the big impressive rides cost big money. Mm -hmm. So the Detroit News article offered some stats for an idea of kind of like the, the whatever at the time mm-hmm. uh, in 1962 the International Association of Amusement Parks reported that 90% of city amusement parks in the US were family owned and operated okay and in comparison larger parks like Cedar Point Disneyland Six Flags etc were publicly traded corporations that had access to capital to buy the rides that could cost up to $400,000 oh wow so like kind of once the amusement once it became kind of like a business rather. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard for these like local, fa- but honestly, yeah. like kind of thinking about it, I'm kind of glad there aren't a ton of family operated amusement parks just from like a safety standpoint, because yeah, I know sometimes they can be shoddy. Yeah. Although I, I don't, I don't I'm not know. Not sure. saying corporations are much better, but they're held to a, but I'm pretty sure there's like, now there's like safety regulations as far as like amusement parks. Oh Yeah. Not in Denmark, apparently. I went to Tivoli Gardens in Copenhagen when I was there. Mm-hmm. And it's like this, I think it's like the second oldest amusement park in either Europe or the world. But like, they had this roller coaster where a guy was just sitting halfway down the train, like on an elevated seat and had a brake. And it was controlling the speed of the car manually from nope. this brake in the middle of the train. Nope. And I like didn't notice it until I'd gotten on. I'm like, well, I guess everyone else has gotten off this ride. Okay, I guess I'll do it. <laughs> and then I wrote it, and I'm like, why? Why have you not updated this? Yeah, because everything else was like more modern. But like just this one coaster, I'm like, damn. Yeah. Fun park though. So that while it was happening, Edgewater wasn't giving up the fight. So mm-hmm. uh, they came up with a new strategy called pay one price or pop. Oh, clever. Yeah. Uh, So Milton Wagner had the idea when he and his brother Cyril determined that the average customer would spend about $1.10 per visit. Mm -hmm. So they set the pop admission to $1.50. So basically, like, for $1.50, you could ride as much as you want all day long. Okay. Oh, were they doing tickets? Yeah, yeah. before that, you paid per ride. So more like like, the fair than, like, amusement park. Yeah. Yeah, because that was kind of the thing in amusement parks. You paid per ride. Okay. 
which I didn't realize till I started playing Roller Coaster Tycoon as a child because I was just like, why do you have to set a like why why can you set a price for this roller coaster? And I was like, oh, because it's not. I, it was like growing up, I thought that was kind of the thing. You pay the admission, you get to go in and ride everything. You wouldn't spend any more money. Oh, I for sure thought that. Yeah, right. So it's kind of weird that like someone came up with this idea and like it really worked out well for them. Like they. they made enough revenue from this that they were able to buy the Walled Lake Amusement Park. Oh. And, like, parks across the country started copying the idea, so it kind of, like, sparked a change. Yeah. So, the staff that the park, um, wow, I think I had a stroke mid-sentence of the, when I was typing this. <laughs> so, just, okay, to staff the park that was open from March to Labor Day, the Wagners hired about a hundred local youths to run things uh, to serve up the four the youths. Sorry, I love saying youths. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so apparently, like a good year, they'd have like four hundred thousand patrons come through. Okay, that's a lot if they're all paying a dollar fifty in in that time period. Yeah. By the 70s, they were still trying to keep with the times. They renamed the roller coaster that was originally called the Big Beast to the Soul Train. Ooh, clever. Yeah, and the Himalayan ride got some fun lights and fiberglass and was renamed Space Wars. Oh, nice. So, they also, at this point, were starting to rent out the park to groups for the day or the weekend. Oh. Which, I guess, makes sense, because then you wouldn't have to, like have the park staffed all the time if you weren't going to have it open, but it also meant that the park was closed to the public frequently during weekends in the summer when that would be like the main time. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand doing that on like a weekday or something. Right. Yeah. Or like off season, like in October. Yeah. So I didn't get the strategy and it kind of didn't work out well for them because like by the end of the seventies, the crowds had all but disappeared. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Ferris wheel broke in 78 and was sold off. Um, this is also about the time the public was like, this is becoming an eyesore because, you know, the lawns weren't being as mowed as often as should. Rides were starting to rust, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And the Wagners ended up closing the park in 81 and auctioned off what they could. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the end of amusement parks in Detroit. I don't think there's been one since and I... Very doubtful there ever be one again, you know? Yeah, I can't even imagine where a one would go. Like it would yeah. be in the middle of the state. Right. You wouldn't you wouldn't put one, but that's just what we do now. Yeah. Is you put it yeah. where there's land. Yeah. And let the hotels pop up around it. Exactly. So just to close up the story, I do have an uh quote from Cyril Wagner from the Detroit News article about closing up shop. And he said, quote, I love the business. I'm bewildered to be leaving it. I'm going to miss the people and the noise and the music and the lights. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Interesting. I never would have imagined there are any. I would have imagined like maybe like a Ferris wheel somewhere, but that's about it. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, just my sources. I forget. Uh, the Detroit Free Press, where I got that lovely obituary. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Detroit News, uh, Wikipedia, HistoricDetroit.org, and DetroitHistorical.org. Who knows how close those URLs are? They're very similar, yes. Yeah. But different, but yeah. similar. 
Uh, and that is the story of Electric Park and the subsequent parks in the city. Wow. Thank you. No problem. Again, no idea. Right? Same. I was just kind of like, what is this? This is because like this is one of the ones I was like just scrolling through historicdetroit.org and was just like, what what can I what can I do for this week? And I was uh-huh. like, what the hell is Electric Park? And then the more I dug, the more I, I found. Crazy. Who knew there'd yeah. be so many too? Like when right. you said one, I was like, well, okay, okay. But then that's yeah. weird that there were so many and not that far away. Yeah. From one another. It's just it's wild. Wild. Yeah. It's amusing. Like a amusing. Park. So amusing. <laughs> that's an amusing park. Well, I do want to say thank you for that. No problem. And now, do you have time for some two truths and a lie? I guess I could squeeze it in. Okay, good. It's actually kind of a little a little dark today because uh, my two truths and a lie is not necessarily facts. Well, they're kind of facts. I'm going to read you three synopses of some Grimm Brothers fairy tales. Uh-huh. And you're going to tell me which one of them is not a Grimm Brothers fairy tale. Ooh, okay. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, the first one is called The Juniper Tree. This is the story of a young boy and his stepmother. She knows the son will inherit everything upon his father's death and decapitates the young boy when he reaches into a box for an apple. To shield what she's done, she creates a plan to make her daughter believe that she actually murdered the boy. Then the stepmother cooks the young boy and feeds him to his father. The daughter secretly gathers and buries the bones underneath a juniper tree where the young boy's mother is also buried. The boy turns uh, into a bird and sings his story to various people who in turn give him a gold chain, red shoes, and millstone. The bird gives his father the chain, the young girl the shoes, and then drops the millstone on the stepmother's head. The bird, tur- <laughs> the bird turns back into a young boy and he, his sister and father go inside and have dinner. Okay. Story number two, the purple flower. A young princess is promised by her father to a prince from a nearby kingdom. The princess does not love the prince and dreams of running away as her mother had. Her father demands she marry the young prince and locks her into a castle, giving her only one hour a day to visit her favorite spot in the grounds, the gardens. One day while in the garden, a golden horse with a golden saddle visits the forlorn princess with a purple flower in its mane. The princess is immediately enamored by the beautiful flower and the horse begins to speak. The horse tells the young princess that the flower will help her find or will help her leave. But she can only have it upon bringing the horse her father's heart. The princess agrees in the dark of night and cuts into her father's chest to retrieve his heart. For the next three days, she waits in the garden for the horse, but he never shows. On the fourth day, the young princess buries the heart in the garden. The next morning, a tree has grown in the same spot. When the young princess inspects the tree's roots, they begin to grow quickly and bury her alive. Damn. And story number three. The Goose Girl. A young princess is sent to marry the prince of a distant kingdom and is accompanied by her talking horse, Falada, and a waiting maid who is tired of being a servant. While on their journey in the wilderness, the maid forces the princess to trade clothing and identities, and the princess concedes. When they arrive at the kingdom, the maid marries the prince and the actual princess is sent to watch over the king's geese with a handy, a handsy goose herder. The false bride becomes paranoid 
that her cover might be broken when she remembers that the princess's best friend, Falada, the horse, can talk. She makes up an excuse and has Falada beheaded, but the goose girl persuades the butcher to nail Falada's head to the gate so she can still see him. The head, it turns out, can still speak and even gives the princess daily affirmations. When the king sees the young girl talking to a rotting horse head, he follows her and spies to see what's happening. He sees her magically control the wind and hears her confess her troubles to a stove and he discovers the truth. The maid, or false bride, is then stuffed in a barrel, which is then hammered full of nails and rolled away to her death. Damn. Okay. Hmm. I'm going to go with number two is the lie. Damn it. You're too good at this. Number two is the lie. Um, It was like, I don't know why I like went with that as the lie, but. I thought I could get you this week. I mean, that was, no, I mean, it was a, as I was listening, I'm like, this is a tough one. And I just like, for some reason, number two was my first guess, but yeah, that was good. I did base the, I sort of based number two though, off of in 2018, uh, Calm, like that app, the Calm app, they actually participated in a thing where they and a bunch other people too, created an AI to write new grim stories oh interesting yeah uh there were some people who helped with it too it was it was kind of like it's a little wackier i was going to use just the straight up story but you would have immediately been been able to tell uh Uh, and actually the story i'll just read it because i've got i think it's only it's real short but once upon a time there was a golden horse with a golden saddle and a beautiful purple flower in its hair the horse would carry the flower to the village where the princess danced for joy at the thought of looking so beautiful and good it's magnificent she said to her father the king of bread and cheese will you give it something to eat and drink if i finally marry the prince (laughs) that's just an excerpt from the story and i couldn't find the full the full story anywhere but yeah, there's some other ones too. I I looked at a couple others. There's one about like a young prince. There's one called like the Three Snake Leaves and it's about a young princess who basically says she'll marry a guy if he agrees to be buried alive with her. Damn. And a guy does eventually and he falls like madly in love. So he's like, yes. And then she dies. And so they're buried like in a crypt. So like he's not like in the coffin, but he's like in the crypt with her or whatever. And a snake comes in and he cuts into three pieces and then another snake comes in and then um, they both leave uh, with three leaves and the snake leaves the leaves and gets out of there. So he puts the leaves on the dead wife. She comes back to life. Then for some reason, they're on some sort of voyage on a ship and then she and her new lover toss him overboard and he goes and tells the king and then the princess and her lover are sent out to sea on a sinking ship. The Grimm's brother, they, what was going on? I don't know. There's, a, <laughs> I'm just going to tell you one more. I only wrote one more down, but there's another one called Hans the Hedgehog. And it's about a man and a wife who are so desperate for a child that they even wish for a hedgehog. And eventually she gets pregnant and she gives birth to a half hedgehog, half boy named Hans. Oh God. And they don't really want anything to do with him. So they put him on a pile of straw behind the stove and they leave him there. And he knows he's not wanted. So he asks his father for some bagpipes and a rooster. And he says if he has those two things, he'll like leave and never come back. So his father gives them. And then he's living in a tree playing his bagpipes and two kings find him and 
He says he'll help them find their way back home, but only if they promise him their daughters. And the first king says yes, but really means no. And the other agrees to the terms. Hans then injures the first king's daughter, marries the second king's daughter. And on the wedding night, Hans sheds his hedgehog skin to reveal a very handsome man. In the end, he also forgives his father. <laughs> Again, what the fuck, Grimm's brothers? Yeah, there's over, our, there's about 200 Grimm's stories. Yeah. And they're not technically fairy tales because fairy tales already existed. Yeah. I think they did take some fairy tales and like revamp them, as it were, yeah. and adding their own twists. There's a lot of really super dark ones. And then I do have a couple facts just about them. So they were there were two brothers born in Germany in the mid 1780s. And again, they took like oral traditions and they turned them into things. And in 1812, they were published. Some of their stories were published as a part of a collection titled Nursery and Household Tales, which is now known as Grimm's Fairy Tales. Uh, they were never intended for children, even though a lot of them have, quote unquote, like a moral. Not all of them, yeah. but most of them have like a moral, but they were they were for adults, not children, which is. I mean, that makes sense. It's very apparent. Yeah. 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 And actually, in 1830, they faced deportation and bankruptcy uh, because King Ernest Augustus demanded oaths of allegiance from all professors and uh, the university where Jacob and Willem taught Germanic studies. They refused to pledge to the king with five other professors and they were made to leave the city. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Grimm's Fairy Tales was actually a blockbuster and it was in its seventh edition when Wilhelm, one of the brothers, died in 1859. And by that point, the collection had grown to 211 stories and included a lot of illustrations. Uh -huh. And Jacob, who lived with uh, Wilhelm and his wife died in 1863, so just a few, four years later. And um, basically because he was sad about his brother's passing. Oh, for they sure. Were, they were so close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and some claim their collection has only been outsold by Shakespeare and the Bible. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah. But they also published more than fairy tales. They wrote books about mythology and some scholarly works on linguistics and medieval studies. As well as... Oh, that's an, interesting. Mm-hmm as well as an ambitious German dictionary. Uh, but they were not able to, they died before they got past the letter F. Dang. For frown. Yeah. <laughs> fatal. Yeah, fatal. That's probably better. Frown fatal. But yeah, and I I did get some of the story synopses from thecultureship.com. Just want to throw that out there. Nice. And then uh, the AI stuff is kind of all over there, but... Yeah. Yeah. And that was like 2018 when that happened. So, and you can I listen to it. That happening. Yeah. If you look it up, you can listen to it. I listened to part of one. Yeah. And on YouTube has it and stuff too. But yeah. Uh, Grim Fairy Tales. Uh, they're dark. <laughs> they're super dark. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, mm -hmm. I love just hearing like the little snippet stories because it's just kind of like, it's just enough. It's oh, yeah. Just enough. Yeah. I mean, their stories are never that long. I think. I, yeah. I don't know if I owned it or rented it. I, when I was a kid, I had I did have a collection and it wasn't a full collection, but I had a collection of some sort. And I do. I just remember reading. Um, I think is Rumpelstiltskin theirs. I feel like that's theirs. I think so. I remember reading Rumpelstiltskin and being like, what the fuck? Yeah. Because it scared me. 
Well, I think that pretty much wraps us. Yeah. What are we wrapped like? We are wrapped like a soft pretzel at an amusement park. Oh, yeah. From a cart. Which yes. means we're loosely wrapped. <laughs> tracks. Which that tracks. That tracks for us, yes. Yeah. But if you want to find us on our social medias, you can look us up on Instagram and Twitter at Detroit Strange, Detroit Strange on Facebook, and our email address, DetroitStrange at gmail.com. Mm-hmm, you sure can. Uh, if you want to support the show, uh, rate, subscribe, re- whoops, I can talk, rate, subscribe, review, um, refer us to a friend. Yeah. You know, sh- share. And uh, you can also, if you feel inclined, we do have some merchandise over yes. at Threadless. Look up Detroit Strange. And uh, we also have Patreon. Patreon. Yeah. Good stuff go, over yeah. there, too. Or look at the links in our Instagram or Facebook. They're, yeah. they're all there, too, for you. So, yeah. You know. But I think until next until time. Next time Stay strange. This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was recorded by Sax and Violence.